Beginning the Trek, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. So since recording the episode portion of this, you've now gone on and watched more, which is really cool. Right. And more DS9 on my own, too. So that's cool. All the DS9 fans are happy that I'm also becoming one of... You're becoming a Niner. You're becoming... Their own. <laughs> it got really... It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's good. So, yeah. So this was the fourth, the, the start of the fourth season, and it's where the Klingons had decided that the Cardassians were being run by changelings and okay. so all that. Now you're giving the synopsis, but we should just be like, the reason I don't know this, guys, is because I'm the first time watcher. Right. Viewing Star Trek for the first time. So why time. don't we introduce ourselves to everybody? Because right now it's just you and I talking. So uh, Jessica, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you. So this is Jessica. Okay. Uh, Jessica is uh, my co-host, and she had never seen a single episode of Star Trek before we started with uh, her track on Beginning the Track. So welcome to Beginning the Track, Jessica. Oh, thank you. It's lovely to be here again <laughs> <laughs> for the 30-something time. And this is Andy Goldberg, my co-host, who just loves Star Trek and has has to share it. So he curated this 52-episode introduction, not to get too far into all things Star Trek and trivia and everything, because there's lots of other podcasts and ways you can get that. Yay, Memory Alpha! Um, but just as a, here's a way to dip your toe in the water, find what you like, and then go off on that. Because it's very likely that you will find something that you like. It's a big universe. If you're new to Star Trek, uh, we hope that you go back and start us with episode number one and begin your trek right there. Because I take you through all 52 episodes and they build on each other. Mm -hmm. But if you've been following along with us, then you know that today is our 35th? 35th episode. Wow, we're really moving through it. Deep Space Nine's The Way of the Warrior, parts one and two. And if you haven't seen that, obviously we're going to spoil everything, and this is best if you've just seen it. Or if you are a huge fan of DS9 and you've watched it a hundred times, then you probably don't need to rewatch it. But you will anyway, because it's fun. <laughs> because it's The Way of the Warrior, and come on, Worf shows up. So, so I'm like every episode. I'm going to give my 10 cents. Is there anything else we need to talk about before I just dive right well, into Well, no, the... but this one's going to be a little longer because it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter, so I get 10 sentences per part, 20 sentences here, and I am ready to go. All right, do it. Ominous music accompanies Cisco and Kira's phaser assault on crew quarters as sweeps are underway to catch a renegade changeling who's loose on the station. Turns out, Odo was conducting a drill and the DS9 crew needs to get much faster in dealing with changeling threats because, as we remember from the third season, the founders are everywhere. Then the Klingons arrive. Lots of Klingons, actually. Like, tons of ships, scores of warriors, all led by a gruff General Martok, who claims that they are there for shore leave, but leaves Sisko wanting for a better explanation. The Klingons are definitely up to something. Worrying Quark, piquing Bashir and Garrick's curiosity, interrupting Dax and Kira's talk about adult content and hollow sweets. But when they start bullying Morn, well, that's Odo's last straw. Later, those same bullies show up at Garrick's shop and give him a pounding. But severe lacerations and seven broken bones are nothing compared to the several merciless, witty retorts aimed right at the Klingons by the plain, simple tailor. So I guess we'll call it a draw. 
New to Cisco's track is Cassidy Yates, a sexy and sweet freighter captain and baseball fan, and romance is in the air. But when the Klingons detain her ship, Cisco decides he needs help in dealing with these Klingons. Starfleet sends Worf. O'Brien meets him at the airlock, brings him to Quarks for a glass of prune juice, introduces him to the Arthurian cosplayers, Kara and Dax, and then picks a fight with the douchiest Klingon in the room, and he kicks his ass. Welcome to the show, Worf. Although Martok is now pissed at you and demands his honor, but Worf throws his honor right back at him, demanding an explanation about Klingon activity, and Martok won't budge. Worf speaks with an old family friend, learning the Klingons are about to attack Cardassia because reasons, like really irrational reasons, but the Federation can't get involved without blowing the Kittimer Treaty. So the Klingons head for Cardassia, and Sisko responds by ordering a new suit. And if Garrick happens to overhear battle plans and then warn his government, well, stuff happens. Warned by Garrick, Galdicott mounts a defense for Cardassia, and the battle rages on, with both sides hunkering down for the long fight, forcing the Federation to choose a side by condemning the attack, and the Klingons leave the Kittimer Accords. Old Crazy Eyes, Chancellor Galran himself, shows up to recruit Worf, but he ain't having it. So the leader strips Worf's family of its honor, because that's new, leaving our favorite Klingon even more disenfranchised than when the Enterprise was destroyed. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, the Enterprise crashed. Klingons are accusing changelings of infiltrating Cardassian government. Probably not the case, but with all the upheaval, who knows? So let's take the Defiant, illegally cloaked, to rendezvous with the Consul to get them to DS9 and sort it all out. We see evidence of battles and finally reach Dakot's ship, under attack by three Klingon birds of prey. So it's time to put up or shut up. So we rescue the crew by dropping our shields and transport everybody using our new armor to take the pounding. Hashtag BSG foreshadowing. It works. We cruise, make it back to Deep Space Nine, testing the Council to prove the Klingons were wrong. But Martok and Galran aren't buying it and demand the release of the Council to them. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen, and so here we go, folks. It's time for that fully armed and operational battle station to do its thing. Public service announcement. No Klingons, Bajorans, Cardassians, or humans, or other sentient species were harmed in the filming of this battle scene. Torpedoes fly, ships dip and bank, shields sparkle with the impact of energy weapons, and massive <laughs> explosions fill the screen in an all-out free-for-all of space battle awesomeness. And just when you thought it, we had seen it all, Klingon boarding party! Batless fly, phasers shoot, ops is covered with weapons fire, and although we do take our lumps, well, the Federation types are pretty badass and we emerge victorious. Wrapping things up, we convince Galran to back off, which he does with a threat, and then we convince Worf to stay, so he becomes DS9's new strategic operations officer, so someone needs to add Michael Dorn's name to the credits for next week. I think the biggest reason we won that battle was the two-handed fist things that we do. That's yeah. the only way to take down yeah. a Klingon, really. That's why we won. That, that's how you, you put your you put your hands mm-hmm. together and you swing like a club <laughs> and down go the Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Star Trek. Woohoo! DS9. <laughs> <laughs>
You're up for today. You're up for some, some episode talk today, it looks like. A little Way of the Warrior talk. Should we get going? Yes, yes. Let's talk episode. Yes. This one had so much, so I'm going to give it up front four out of five glasses of root beer, because what a great scene. Ah, my root beer. Yes. Yes. And it was not Worf fighting the root beer, sadly. Oh. That would have been fun. No, it was a really fun. I, I we'll talk about I don't want to talk about that first. No. But but we'll talk about that conversation because that is one of my all-time favorite conversations and it's so indicative of the Federation. Yeah. It's that was a that was a great moment. And you know what I thought like overall on first watch I didn't really get into the politics of the episode or the storyline. It was all these tiny character moments. Uh, that made it for me just excellent. And of course, you don't get those until you've kind of grown up a little bit along the way with the characters. So, And that's why you've got to watch all the episodes before so that you can start to understand who these people are so that when they evolve into who they basically become going forward in this show because you could feel the turning point. I'm sure you could feel the turning. This is, this, this ain't your granddaddy's Deep Space Nine. Not anymore. Okay, let's talk. This so much has changed. Yes. Odo has changed. Yes. He is so coming to grips with himself and his own entity and even himself as a part of the founders. I did watch the three recommended ones in between. Perfect. We will talk about that for talking track later. Yep. Sure. Like I'll stick to that. But Odo blew me away. The one scene with him and the glass with Garrick, who I'm also completely falling in love with. Mm -hmm. His lines are awesome. They're the best lines in DS9. Yeah. If not all of Star Trek that I've seen thus far. <laughs> uh, great, great lines. But he, him drinking, essentially drinking himself and just figuring out these things. It's just such a great sci-fi masterfully done. Really yeah, loved it. Right, right. Odo, so that he can integrate himself with society and the, yes. and the coffee cup that he can keep refilling and make it look like mm -hmm. he's drinking from. Love it. But, but the explanation of it is just what makes it so... And you you know Garrick's sitting there saying, man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I would be thinking. But I, I am really, I don't think this is going to be the case, but I really want it to be the case where Odo slowly, his makeup starts to fade so that by the time DS9 ends, it's just the actor's face. Mm. I think that would be awesome like he's just you could just every week they could just like kind of slowly take down layers and layers of makeup and so subtly i think that would be the best well okay so so and this of course goes back to the search which was not on our 52 but it of course was like the 53rd that you got to watch right you have so, to watch and, it. and we learned all about shapeshifters and then we'll get into the episodes that you watched in between later during talking trek but the shapeshifters started to show up at the end of the third season and odo is going to have to deal now with who he is and who his people are as, you know, going forward. I mean, here we were at the beginning of Way of the Warrior, and what are they doing? They're doing a drill hunting for a changeling. That was an epic start. Yeah. I and really enjoyed. Yep. And that comes off of the end of the third season where we find out that they have started to infiltrate. 
Right. The the final thing where it's just like, ha, it's too late. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. Kind of a very ominous end to the third season. And there wasn't a lot of third season Dominion stuff. So we it was kind of like the Borg. We met the Borg and then we didn't really do much about the Borg for right. a whole season. Right. And then, oh, crap. Here we go. Now we're in trouble. They're here. And I think they handled it really interestingly because instead of just starting off with a giant war, they start off with the paranoia. Like immediate, you see the paranoia, and then you get the Klingons on here are here to I don't know be the TSA or something. Uh, for those of our listeners who haven't, I don't know if they are familiar. The TSA here is what you have to go through through the airport. Right, our security. Because I know we've got several. Yes, our security, and they just they're just gatekeepers, and that's exactly what the Klingons are trying to do. They're just gatekeepers for the wormhole and DS Nine, and it's. I thought it was really interesting that nobody said, oh, hey, the Federation wants us here. Or they didn't request, like, they're like, hey, we're warriors. We're good at this. We know our stuff. We have this blood test, which I don't think they came up with. But everybody's paranoid, so we'll help do this. Let's standardize it. Because I don't think that would have been such a bad idea. But they just piss everybody off. (laughs) And then it turns out that their motivations are totally not to be the gatekeepers, they just, I don't know, they're bored? What is the Klingon motivation here? What is the Klingon motivation? You got this new guy, this 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 General Martok, right? Let me, before I tell you what I think you should know about their motivation, what did you think of Martok? I don't remember. Was he the big-eyed one? Martok was the, the, the loud general that... Galron. You know, Galron was the one with the crazy eyes. Okay, Gowron is the one with the crazy eyes. There you go. You'll you'll never forget him if you just say he's crazy. That's eyes. how I'll remember. He, he does have some pretty crazy eyes. <laughs> yes, he does. And Gowron is he's the 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 he's in charge. He's the head of the high council. Mm-hmm. Martok is the one then who comes on the screen first. Yes. Who's talking to Cisco at the beginning? Yes. With yes. And he's the one who uh, comes looking for the knife and refuses to tell Worf what's going on. And he and refuses to he's just he's a jerk and he kills his own guy for not attacking the defiant. Yeah. Which says there's as much internal. I would assume there's as much internal stuff going on with the Klingons. Somebody back in the empire of Klingonism is saying, hey, this is a bad idea. And they're not getting listened to. I would hope. Even even General Martok was the, like the last one to say we can still win at the end. Even mm-hmm. when Galron said, "We're backing You're off. right. Well, we're not going to. You know, we're going to preserve victory by not fighting anymore." And there's Martok. It's almost like he's on the other side or something. I thought we tested for the Dominion people. Hmm. Yeah, certainly did. Right. I mean, he had his own knife, and certainly blood dripped out. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the Klingons are Dominion, not the Card, because Cardassia kind of proved that they weren't. I mean, if we if we don't if we don't trust the blood test, then uh, uh, nothing has changed at all. We're all just still going to be paranoid. We did just talk about it a moment ago, but I'll remind you at the end of the third season, the very last thing we heard was we are everywhere. Well, I get that. But the blood test worked, except for when Bashir was the let's stick to this episode. Sure. Because clearly there's more to come. Shocking. Not shocking. <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. When I saw General Martok, for the, when I watched this episode mm-hmm. for the first time on this track, I was shocked by his appearance. Because just like Colonel Ty did in Battlestar Galactica, same producers, folks, mm. um, know that. Martok 
I remember him having lost an eye, and he's already lost that eye. So... Oh. That's not Marta. I don't know these things. I wanted to give you a little... Uh, no, you don't know this. And I'm going to give you... the. See, here we are. We are at the end of your trek of the Dominion War. We've got one more DS9 episode, but it's not going to be Dominion War. It's just getting good. I know. The gas is... We we are, we're, we stepped on the gas. Cisco has no hair. Cisco <laughs> has no hair. We have the Defiant. Worf is aboard. We've got Klingons attacking over here. We've got Changelings. DS9 has weapons and the Defiant. Defiance has not just shields, but apparently armor, which is finally awesome space battle war coolness. Right. I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. But, what, but what you were saying before. Well, like, no, but this, so, this so here the, we are. This is yeah, the, this here is we the, are. This, we are on the precipice of the, the meat of Deep Space Nine. This is it. And this is where I lead you on this track. We're going to do one more DS9 episode that's got nothing to do with the Dominion War. Of course. But it's a wonderful, deserty episode, and we'll get to that. We'll talk about it yeah. shortly. But the whole point was to get you here so that you could then start to see it. So I'm going to spoil little tiny pieces. I think that's a pretty big piece that the Klingons aren't Klingons. That's a huge one. And this was one that I always knew I would tell you. Or at least that one. Well, not necessarily all of them. At least the leader. Well, someone's not a... I'm going to tell you that there is someone in the Klingon hierarchy is not who he appears to be. Which means they're a changeling. And I'll even, yeah, sure, absolutely. They're a changeling. And they're not the only changeling over here. Well, yeah, they said that. And you saw leaders do things that just don't make sense. I mean, why in the hell are they attacking Cardassia? What will that well, do? Here's, okay, here was my logical sequence of the politics. And I kind of wrote this out because it was it was a little like... Go for it. Shifty. The Dominion scares the crap out of everybody. So the Cardassians close their borders. Mm-hmm. The closing of the borders freaks everyone out even more. The Klingons respond in exactly the way you would expect Klingons how to respond with war. Right. That freaks the Federation out. Right. Meanwhile, in all of this, the Cardassians are actually having a coup, which wouldn't have freaked everybody out, but everybody's on 10. So I think normally everybody would have kind of left the coup alone and been like, oh, Cardassians, they are so crazy. Maybe. But that's a pretty good recap, right? We can't leave them alone. We're stuck in this, like, it's World War One. We all signed these peace treaties, and then somebody, you know... Does something. Pulled a trigger, and everyone is involved. Or that's how it, that's how it came across. And all it takes is the right trigger, the right person to pull the right trigger... Right. ...to, to start a chain of events that could cause all kinds of confusion right here at home... Making everybody weaker. What a brilliant strategy. Odo responds with that. He's just like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardassians actually have been taken over because that's exactly what the founders would do. But apparently I didn't, I didn't think to flip that. Well, in season four, we start with the incursion of the founders. They're coming through and they're starting to do what they do. They're gaining intelligence. They're mm-hmm. messing with us. They're messing with mm-hmm. our politics. They're doing exactly what they can they said do. They were going to do. And they're doing yeah. it covertly because that's how they roll. And then we'll get to season five and here come the Jem'Hadar and then we've got season six and seven and we've got all kinds of storylines coming up. This is the, this is the, we're, we're right there at the starting block of all that. This was my devious, dastardly plan all along was to bring you to this moment and say, you want to 
start watching. Start from episode two of the fourth season. Would would you start somebody from episode from here on? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't skip the first three. Otherwise, Quark isn't quite Quark until you've gone through. But here's the thing: we watched enough episodes coming into it to get you here. So in those first six, I was able to give you enough backstory and background to let you watch number seven, the Jem'Hadar, where you started to learn about it. Sure. Then you watched The Search. Because you have to. And by then you were hooked. Those were really good. And so you watched every Dominion episode between The Search and Way of the Warrior. <laughs> maybe. Right, maybe. <laughs> and then you, and, and then uh, here we are at Way of the Warrior, which is another one. And uh, the fourth season, the changelings uh, are huge. And that means that Odo is going to be involved and things are going to happen there. You, we, and this whole thing started from, I don't know what's going to happen with Odo going forward, but his storyline, yes, he goes through a lot of changes, I would say. He is becoming just ever cooler i mm-hmm. i don't know if the, i very i very much doubt the writers had intended that but i'm glad they pulled what they pulled out of it because at the very beginning it's like i want to know where i come from and stuff and that was so intriguing i remember saying that's so intriguing to me of all of the i'm glad they left it alone yeah, it's great you wanted to know immediately. And, and i love where they went and where he's gone with the character Really cool. The only answer I think I gave you was was yep. hang out. We'll get to we'll get to it. It gets explored, and, and and here we are now. If I had mentioned anything about this, that would have been a damn shame. Yeah, don't do that, don't, guys. If you're introducing your friends, this the reason we're doing it this way is because it totally works. I am I am right there. I will say, if we're talking about spoilers. Uh, I'm really glad you warned me that the Enterprise was destroyed. Oh, yes. Because I would have been like, oh, my God, the Enterprise got destroyed because I hadn't seen it. In Generations, in the movie Star Trek Generations. Yeah. Uh, And then they talk about it and then they talk about it some more. And then I think they talk about it some more to really pound home the Worf is all Worf is disenfranchised. It was a bummer. Can we talk about let's just talk about Worf for a minute. Because I didn't see a whole lot of him in Next Generation, I feel like. Well, and given how huge Next Gen is, I didn't get a feel for the character at all. There were a lot of times where he was a punchline, and then there were some super Klingon-heavy episodes, and I never watched Redemption, which I know... You suggested many times. Right. Still haven't seen right. it. The big, the big giant gaping hole in your Star Trek knowledge bank is that yes. episode. That's how That's how it is. Give it another year, it won't be gaping I'm giant sure. holes. I'm sure. When I, like I said, when I first watched this, Worf wasn't the center for me. He was kind of there for all of these moments. And uh, when then I watched it again, and I was just like, hey, Worf's pretty central here. Like... I think that's just me, not uh, like a first time thing. I think that's just, I don't, I didn't connect to it. I haven't seen Redemption. I haven't followed the, I haven't really liked Klingons very much, just in general. Yeah. Like I said, they stomp around. If I were to tell you you're going to love Martok, you'd be very surprised by that. But yeah, you're going to love Martok. He's awesome. That's very surprising to say. I believe you at this time that that you okay. that you are surprised by that. But Worf, I think you're right. We 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 Worf. had one Worf episode and then we had a few good moments with Worf in the next generation on your track. Mm-hmm. But his character took some time to develop. He's a Bashir kind of character. He took some time to get going for the first couple of seasons. All he did was yell. So I didn't have a lot to show you 
early on, but he starts to develop and they do a lot more Worf centered episodes. He becomes more of a fan favorite, which of course is why Michael Dorn, the, the actor that played him, ends up on Deep Space Nine as well. They were, they were up and running and doing fine, but it was a great tie-in to make that universe even more cohesive. We don't see someone from the Enterprise every week, but okay, I can believe that there are two people from the Enterprise working out here mm-hmm. and why each of them made their way there. I can buy that. His disenfranchisement, which, okay, I do have a little picky thing to say. Yep. Starfleet's decision of all of the Klingons are here, Cisco sends Adam, and their decision is to send Worf, who was basically on vacation. Yes. That's their whole contribution to all these ships. We don't even know how many because they're cloaked and decloaking all the time. That's that's what Starfleet does. It's almost like the people at Starfleet are not working for our side. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> how am I not thinking of this? Because you haven't seen this yet. You're, you you, yeah. you got to get... I'm in- just so not thinking that we've been... Like, everywhere's been influenced, even after saying this it. This is what... So I wanted to tell you about the Martok thing. I, I selected mm. which spoilers I would talk about during this episode. <laughs> okay. um, and I want to bring this up. We got a we got a uh, an email from uh, a fan in Brazil that we both we both read. Helio. Please forgive me if we got it wrong, but, but I think you're a him. Uh, but Helio sent a, a, a really complimentary message saying, um, love where we're going with this. How are you going to fit in in the pale moonlight? Which is, in my opinion, and a lot of people, the very best episode of Deep Space Nine ever. And the answer is I'm not. I can't. I can't let you watch that yet. Even though you're into the Dominion War now, it's a serialized story for a lot of it. There's still plenty of individual storylines that don't have anything to do with the Dominion, especially in the fourth season and the fifth. By the time we get to the end of the sixth and seventh season, especially, it's all Dominion all the time. But Helio asked, how do I not show in the pale moonlight? Well, start with episode two of the fourth season. Then do episode three, then do and, and so on until you get there because who Cisco is now will also begin to. You've seen him change. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that much. He's still his handling of warning the Cardassians is such a blatant <laughs> betrayal, not to his own morals, but to his we're going to follow Starfleet regulations. Kind of right in line with the kind of guy that he's been being these first three yes. seasons, right? Like, here yeah. he was. He does not. Well, it wouldn't necessarily bother me, except he claims to. And he tells everybody else that they need to follow Starfleet regulations and then just does not keep that for does himself. Does he ever punish anybody for not following regulations unless it's egregious? You're right. He doesn't. No, he's very much <laughs> he just, do the yes. right thing and follow orders and follow regulations. And then Dax comes back from having murdered the albino and he turns his back. And he catches Nog in the pilot and he decides to use him to leverage against Quark. He's not your normal Starfleet guy. And we're going to war. Kind of the right guy for the right time. How about that? We ended up with the right captain. 
I can dig it. He's going to be the guy that's going to call. And how fun is that? Calling Garrick into into the wardroom to get measured for. <laughs> I think you need to measure me again. Yeah. About yeah, about the invasion. Yep. And Garrick just standing there like, oh, okay, I think I'm going to go I now. I think I've got what I need with the measurements. I really enjoyed Worf's take on that entire thing. He is, he's the Klingon Picard. Yes. He is so very much my word is my bond. Yes. He struggles the same way Picard did. It's really beautiful to see that he drew a he drew a line and he kept it. Even and he he always will because his own view of what honor is is more important even than his people's. So when he's effectively being a spy against his own people because that is what not only the person in charge of him has said that they're going to do, but it also falls in line with, I can't help you attack the Cardassians. That was really great to see that integrity. And I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Worf more in this episode than I think I did in all of next gen. Well, I did mention that we have a new series, series regular starting in this episode. Now that's Worf. Not shocking. Not shocking. <laughs> and he's going to he's he's still a loner. He's still a little bit of a loner at first. Um, and will eventually become sort of the de facto commander of the Defiant. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. He'll live on the Defiant. A lot of the time he'll go out on missions um, when Cisco doesn't go and you know, if Cisco mm-hmm. goes, he'll obviously be in command. But otherwise it'll be Worf. So Kira's kind of number one on the station and Worf's kind of number one on the ship. Yeah, pretty much. And he showed such great the the strategy with the tractor beam. Right. That that felt a little next gen and it was great to see that. Yeah. He's He's not just sitting there doing nothing, but I enjoyed a lot of these wharf moments, and it, it was surprising to me because I didn't expect to necessarily. The moment with the darts <laughs> and the prune juice—it's so much fun. The quirk where quirk In laughed between. at him for wanting to, to for wanting prune juice, and then just that that look that he gives him—just mm-hmm. a beautiful look, yeah. Um, so, and how about when, when Kira and, and Dax come out of the hollow suite dressed up as, I don't know, princesses from the round table? I, I do believe that, yes, she was King Arthur's wife, Kira was, and the moment with nice hats. And Kira's responsive, I was married, just, I know they're kind of, they're supposed to be filler moments and stuff, but those are the best. Yeah. And if we're going to go there. Uh-huh. We have to talk about Kira and Dax's adventures on the Hollow Fun. Yes. Because pretty early on in the in the episode, they have something that is a little risque. Ewy to me. And I'm like and I was looking at it and I'm like, okay, of course Hollow Sweets are going to be used in like if they're being realistic about it, which DS9 Yes. for sci-fi does and for Star Trek does. We'll go with getting a massage. Sure. Jadzia's basically pimping out her hollow boys yes. to Kira. And I just had the thought, like, wow. <laughs> it was it was one of those moments where I was just like, okay, if I'm gonna call out the green alien dancers, I gotta call out Jadzia okay. for effectively the same thing. And I get the the on the flip side, like I can see how people would not have a problem with it. I went to ew. That's just me. Uh, you can you can go to ew. Some people go to ew about 
pornography. Sure. You could liken it to all kinds of things. The thing that I found interesting was it was another one of those moments where Dax saw this as something to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe it's a little weird. She's very open. Get into it. It's fun. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's Kira again with the, but it's weird. Yeah. And so it's not real. Just like the conversation about the Ferengi, Mm -hmm. where she says, once you get past who they are, they're a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So so I thought the two characters played exactly who they were. I agree. And the funny thing is, is you can go on either side of that. We can. It caught my eye. (laughs) And I was surprised that it was in there. But maybe I shouldn't have been, because given all of the moments that are in there that are really, you you think they're fluff, but... They do exactly what you just said. They tell you, this is exactly the character, and this is how they're going to be in the situation. Sure. As long as the characters are still motivated the way that they're motivated, Mm -hmm. however it is. However, yes. Kira wants to, you know, she's very protective of herself and doesn't want to put herself out there too much. And meanwhile, Dax is a thrill seeker. Free spirit. Pretty much, (laughs) right? The the albino's a town. Let's go kill him. I'm taking a leave of absence. Uh, I'm going to sit down and play Tonga with these people. You know? Right. Uh, And then she, who goes in to hang out with Worf and have a little bat lift fun in the Hollis suite? That was a cool moment. Yeah. I thought. So there were two really interesting moments. There's that one. Mm -hmm. And then there was the moment where Kira first also meets him and she and the looks that they share together now with the nice hat with the nice hat when she okay. realizes and he you know and then gets introduced as our first officer which just embarrasses her even more yes uh, which is just so darling it's so sweet it is that's my spock right there Aww. that's my, my Kara. <laughs> um and and wharf is going to marry one of those women okay Spoil- thanks for calling that How about one that first a spoiler i i decided what spoilers i was going to throw at you so i'm going to tell you wharf is going to marry one of those women i didn't see that coming i wouldn't think that wharf would do that the wedding dress is something to behold it is spectacular yeah i i tried my darndest to have you not know that wharf was coming onto the show but social media being what it is it's very difficult so the just going on to netflix and uh the main screen of all of the actors whatever that shot is where they take it's there so yeah there was no hiding that wharf is in there you can only keep so many i mean i think i've i've been shocked by some probably what other people have thought was really obvious things well but that's that's the beauty of this is you're getting it however you get it really wharf is gonna marry it Go ahead, start speculating, I dare you. I'll give you nothing. Well, no, because there's the moment where they're fighting, and I can see Dax being a really good challenge for Worf, and the balance between him being very closed off and her being super open goes somewhere with that. She does know how to speak Klingon, too. But Kira being that she's so passionate, and he could totally fall for that, too, because he's got that same code, and they could really relate in that way. Who knows? Interesting. When when I watched this episode, one thing I noticed was that the first time that both of those women talk to him, mm-hmm. it is so set up that either of them could be a potential love. And you could see it. You could see that they're like, we're not sure yet, but one of these two might end up with him. So play it up. I didn't see that. 
I will now. Oh, I suggest you go back and watch that that scene again. The first the first scene in uh, Quarks. Oh yeah, I, re- I mean I distinctly remember them coming out and uh, Kira's adorableness and even yeah even Dax uh, with the hat. Kira is at her best when she is out of control, and she is a control freak. She likes to be in control. She likes to be in charge. She does well. Yeah. She does very well when she's in charge. And when she slips out of it, when she's wearing a silly hat, when she meets the new strategic operations officer for the for the station, she just had such a beautifully embarrassing moment. <laughs> it was so sweet. Aww. I think I'm in love with this girl. <laughs> okay. She's, she's not real. I know. Neither was Spock. Neither was Spock, right. I'll tell you what. I, I won't ever remind you that Spock isn't real if you never remind me that Kira is not real. Fair enough. Deal. That is a sold. So let's talk about let's talk about Garrick. Oh, let's talk about Garrick. I can I say the line that I just absolutely loved. I wrote it down. Ah, but I dealt them several cutting remarks, which no doubt did severe damage to their egos. This isn't funny. I'm serious, Doctor. Thanks to your administrations, I'm almost completely healed, but the damage I did to them will last a lifetime. Which is, of course, him sitting with Bashir in the infirmary after he's assaulted by the Klingons. Right, with seven broken ribs and and bragging about the quips that he got off. He is so snarky and so on point. I love it so much. Even the, the moment where he and Dukat come together to stand side by side, and that's... Mm-hmm. A CIA operative and an army general standing side by side. Uh, if you want to compare okay. that to like the American, to, right? Like those two, you kind of get that. They may have the same agenda of what they need to get done, but both of them want to get it done their way and do not care about what the other one wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I could be totally wrong on that, but that's my read on it. No, no, no. You get that from the from the line about he's just like, oh, you'd rather be in a torture chamber. And he's just like, you got to admit, it's... it's, it's yeah, it, whatever it was. It's cleaner, cleaner, better, whatever. He, he's, he's like, yes, I would, essentially. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be shooting at people with phasers i want to be in control and i want to be like dissecting slowly however yeah he's a interesting yeah yeah uh and that brings me so now let's talk about it to my favorite this this may be my all-time favorite conversation or certainly one of them in all of star trek is when quark Mm -hmm. and garrick are sitting there talking and quark offers garrick a glass of root beer which is disgusting. It's vile. And vile. Great word. What a word, mm-hmm. right? It's vile. So bubbly and sweet. And quirk with, I know. Yeah, it's so bubbly, sweet, and cloying, and it's yuck. And the problem is, if you drink enough of it, you start to like it. And they are so talking about the. I mean, what a brilliant, brilliant metaphor for the Federation. This dysfunctional and you've seen it mm-hmm. you know how our admirals are mm-hmm. <laughs> and our ambassadors we don't have all the answers we don't even know how to put a bed on a space station that we're supposed to be taking care of and you're <laughs> right we're not adequately supplying everybody we, we're stretched very thin as the federation and good god they are our only hope yep and that's where both Garrick and Quark end up at the end of this is, do you think that they'll save us? We hope so. I hope so. Yep. Oh, I, just, that scene is, 
you know, I sort of kind of see Garrick in this, uh, like the blind prophet that nobody listens to. Not quite, mm-hmm. but he got, he does have that. It wouldn't shock me if I, when I watch through everything, he's essentially the guy saying, here's what's going to happen next week. And nobody pays attention <laughs> or he'll say, of course it's this way. And nobody believes him. Mm-hmm. I think he's that classic they just nailed his lines. He still has ties to, obviously, information sources. He's always there with the sharp, you know, retort, mm-hmm. reply. He knows how to lie with absolute impunity um, to where you know you're being lied to and you can't figure it out. <laughs> so the Cardassians as a whole. Yes. Do we like them? Hmm. I don't know. Do we? How do you feel about them right now? I do, but I like them as a representation of the same the same way every alien race is in Star Trek. I, I like them as a representation of parts of who we are. It's an interesting take, and we get to see the political greed, mm-hmm. the end intrigue, and two-facedness. It's, there are times where I think that we are holding a mirror up to ourselves in looking at Cardassians mm-hmm. in some of our divisiveness and some of our secrecy and some of our greed and some of our inability to trust. And they got to go through some stuff. And the Klingons attacking them was not a, didn't expect that, but there it was. Them attacking themselves at such a time. Well, they go through a lot. They go through um, the Cardassians in the next four seasons will be a pivotal race, one of the biggest and most pivotal races. And I assume the Klingons as well. The Klingons will as well. And obviously Federation, all the humans are involved. Humans that are there and you know a few more along the way that, that, that we run into. I can see the Ferengi holding out until, well, we'll sell to whoever's left at the end. This had so much, just every single moment that I can I can see what you're saying. And every moment I you take, you're like, and then it grows from this one. I know what I wanted to talk about. How about that space battle? Oh, did we forget the big bada booms? The big bada, bada big boom. See, I told you between all of these character moments, you're like, oh yeah, there's a plot here. Yeah. And it was a great one. Yeah. Uh, but you forget between all of the really enjoyable moments. Right. Yes. We've got armor. We've got torpedoes. That was... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly for my sci-fi action fix. It was really great. I can see the complaint of like, we've made Klingons into such these like, oh, you're an epic warrior. And then they beam over and kind of fall down with the two-handed punches. Yeah. So, uh, should they have been better warriors? The, you're talking about the, the Batleth battle on the in Ops. And all the stuff after they've been doing um, Yeah, when they actually beam over and they're doing hand-to-hand combat. I'd like to I'd like to think that that, that many Klingons coming over that quick would be able to o- eventually overwhelm humans and Bajorans and the like. But is what it is. You know, on television the hero has to win or else the story doesn't work. And I think that they went a little overboard with letting them look a little bit more badass than maybe... I mean, these are Klingon warriors. They, they are supposed to actually, like, that's what they do. Well, people do get... I mean, it's not like we come out and sh- people aren't stabbed and O'Brien's 
suffering and yeah well and and akira got stabbed right so it's not like they don't do any damage it just seemed like there should have been even one line of a reason the i don't know if you if you teleport over here we're gonna put you into i don't even know what they could have said but like why are they losing so bad i aside from the fact that well they have to lose so that we can that yeah they didn't give that to me (laughs) I got it. And, and, and yeah, I just sort of said, okay, so they, they boarded. Yeah. We almost got taken over. We didn't. And it was, it was, I enjoyed and it. And there were cool moments. It was lots of good action. It just, It yeah. was very cool. Uh, the space battle was cool. DS9 and Cisco saying, essentially, fire. With all these <laughs> protony, photon, 50,000, I don't even remember what they had to fire, and the birds of prey. and Yeah, and ships that, like, dipped and ducked and banked and turned and did, like, spaceshipy things. Very huh? enjoyable. I don't want to discount that. I really did, and I, I liked the action. The ship now has armor. I'm loving the layered amounts of we're just, mm-hmm. we've, we've beefed ourselves up. Although, the blatant use of the cloak. Cisco is... It's against the rules. Oh, well, wink, wink. Yeah, Cisco is a big proponent of the rules. Wink. Let's talk some Trek. Got a lot of Trek to talk to. God, well, this is going to be a long episode, maybe. Mm, maybe. It was a long episode. The actual episode was a double. You watched all my recommendations. I did. When did they switch uniforms? I didn't notice, but I like the new uniforms. I... They, they have switched uniforms, and I'm not 100% sure when it happens. It had between... to have been between one season or the other. Maybe when he becomes the captain. Because I did... Which episode does he become the captain in? Because it was an extra. He becomes the captain in the search. Okay. No, 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 no. He does not. He becomes the captain in the adversary at the very end of the s- third season. Okay. At some point, he becomes captain. <laughs> yeah. That's when Jake says, I never thought I'd ever say this or something. Some It was a offhanded attempt at a humorous speech and it didn't work. But that's not what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about the episodes that you did watch. Okay. Well, no, because that was Adversary and I watched that. Yes, but let's not talk about Jake's speech. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. We can talk about it because it's, it's not on our 52, so we can talk about whatever. Let's see. What were there? There was Explorers. There was the adversary, mm-hmm. and there was the one with the gem Hadar that grew up. Uh, the abandoned. The abandoned, yes, the abandoned, where the gem where they find the baby that grows up to be a gem Hadar, like in a day. Yes, and bonds with Odo. And bonds with Odo. And that was the one where I was like, "Whoa, Odo is so new." Like to me, Odo is new. This is not the same Odo I knew. Yeah. That's when he got his own quarters. You, Yep. 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 Gets his own quarters, sets him up so that he can do his shape-shifting, no longer needs his bucket. Mm-hmm. That he just relaxes. A, a question that you asked in the last episode, and it was like, it's right here. So I wasn't sure if he'd watch this, so I wanted to let you know. He, he just, he goes in there, and you can imagine what it's like in there when he's alone, you know, sliding in and out and up and down. However and, he wants to be. Truly discovering a form. Very cool. He got, a, he got a lot of grace, I think. Once he found out I'm not a part of them, that may be what I'm made of. I'm made of the same stuff that they're made of, but I'm not a part of them. I am here, and I am my own thing. It gave him this 
great sense, not just of self, but the way he started treating Kira when she comes into his quarters. Yes. Uh, and the way he treated the Jem'Hadar they found. He just so desperately wanted to give that same sense of self to the Jem'Hadar. He so saw he himself very in, much, that, in yes. that little that kid that grew up to be the Jem'Hadar and then had to give up that. Yeah. Because as it turns out, that's what a Jem'Hadar is. They grow it in a test tube until it becomes a baby and it grows up in a day and all it wants to do is kill. And that's what we're fighting. Brilliant episode to put at that point, right? Where we get to like figure out, oh, okay, that's what these things are. Yes. Very early on, we find yes. out a lot about them. Uh, and controlled by a drug. Controlled by a drug. And the confusion that goes on in that poor Jim Hadar's head because founders can't be wrong. Yeah. And Odo's saying stuff that's wrong. Yeah. It's a, it's a, if you've ever been through a crisis of faith, you can sort of, sort of imagine, take everything you know about God and flip it on its head and deal with that. Mm -hmm. Is I imagine what the Jem'Hadar was going through. Probably so. It was it, He had a rough existence with Odo and figuring yes. out how. And Odo was his lifeline at the beginning. And clearly he had an immediate and lasting and profound connection. Mm -hmm. Very cool to see. Yeah. Really cool episode. Let's remind me of the adversary. I love that I don't have to take notes on these ones that I watch. Okay, so the adversary is the is the season finale of the third season. Yes. And it was uh, the one where we ultimately discover that the changelings have actually infiltrated. They're here. Mm -hmm. They're on Deep Space Nine, posing as admirals and posing as... We killed one of them. So we they can die. And Odo kills a changeling yes the first time in the history of their existence that a changeling hurts killed another yep. and that's going to be significant too because on the other side did he cross a line in their minds did he cross the line we'll find out i imagine that they feel more than betrayed and if they do what are they going to do about it come at him with a vengeance i would assume well um or sideways because they'll do that too because <laughs> they do that too because we got four seasons of story yep. to go so they have plenty of time to mess with odo and they do odo becomes a central part of the dominion plot i mean they all get involved in it but mm -hmm. he's a he's a shapeshifter he's part of them so yeah so everything that, that gets involved with the founders, he's somehow connected to. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. And uh, that was the episode that sets up this one, The Way of the Warrior. Yes. Where you start out with that, that battle drill. And the paranoia, and it's not good enough, y'all need to up your game. Yeah. Because they're here, and we know it, and we're paranoid. And because of that, later in the fourth season, we will be going to Earth. We're going to meet Ben Sisko's father. Oh, Okay. Cool. Jake's grandfather, and and visit the the Bayou restaurant where where he makes his Creole food. He has talked about that. A way to a woman's heart is through her stomach. We didn't talk about her at all. Let's talk about Cassidy Yates. I know that you we didn't talk about it during episode, but hadn't seen her before. Uh huh. Absolutely loved. She does show up occasionally in the third in the third season. So that's where and and Jake introduces them. Yeah, I remember a mention from Explorers that he wants to introduce somebody to him. And then I remember uh, in Adversary, Dax is like kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Cisco, And Cisco's like, I'm going to take her to a baseball game. <laughs> and it's super cute. There you go. Uh, but yep. I hadn't seen her before. And Penny Johnson, 
love Penny Drill Johnson. Yep. Her, she's doing uh, the Orville right now, and absolutely could. She is awesome. A huge fan. She's playing a single mother. That's the doctor of the ship on the Orville. She's a single mother of two, by choice, and the kids are on board. and And I love that character for her. And on this, and in this, she is a fantastic love interest. She's got some some interesting components herself. She's a freighter captain. You know, she's not out there firing phasers and stuff, but she's in charge of her own ship. You know, she's got a business. She's running it. She's buying gifts and getting kisses. <laughs> And uh, she will um, continue throughout the, the rest of the series uh, as well. And the relationship that she has with Cisco will take on some interesting turns and twists, especially near the end of the show. Cool. So, and I'll leave it at uh, that. Cute little stuff coming there. A few things coming around uh, her. Good. I'm glad they keep her around because I will I will watch that actress in anything because I think she's phenomenal. Well, she's, she's a, a great recurring character. Uh, through this whole show. So, uh, which, I mean, we're talking Cisco and family, the explorers. Yeah, let's talk explorers, yes. The one where they finally create Bajoran solar space flight. Where they prove... Pretty cool. ...that the, the Bajorans were doing it centuries before the Cardassians, before the, the, the humans. They were out doing travel to other, to interstellar travel. Sort of accidentally. Accidentally. Yep. They didn't expect to, to get that Catch far that. with that solar right. sailor, but they did. And it, it, I love, I liked, I liked the ending. Uh, I liked the determination between the two of them in that they egg each other on to be better, both father and son. Yeah. And that was a really, and we've, the both of us have always loved Cisco as a dad. He's, and it was a great dad episode. Mm-hmm. And and Jake finding out, hey, here's who I am growing up, and I want to do this, but maybe next year. I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a writer. I, I'm going to follow right with that. As much as I love Explorers, I want to tell you about episode two of the fourth season, the the very next. It's Are two we getting into next week? Not yet. Okay. No, no. This is not a next week. This is a recommended, though. This is oh, definitely okay. a recommended. Okay, season four, episode two is The Visitor. That's it. After an accident in the engine room of the Defiant apparently claims the life of Benjamin Sisko, Jake lives out his life in an endless quest to locate his father. (gasps) That can't be real. It's amazing. And then we transport back to the past and we're all all right. It's a have some tissues ready to go amazing episode. Just an amazing episode. So that's on the recommended list right there, The Visitor. Do you want to start that over as a conversation because that was just me reading the synopsis no, actually that um sure yeah how do we do that it's an amazing episode it's so well acted it's such a beautiful father-son story for the two of them mm-hmm. it will make you cry in the same way that you know like a city on the edge of forever or inner gotcha. light will well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an emotional, great episode. Interesting follow. If it's right after this, they don't keep going with the war. No, well, they I, pull back and do right after something. The Borg, they did family, right? But they defeated the Borg. That was kind of a wham bam done. And well, and right now we have a tenuous ceasefire going on with the Klingons, and and yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. We there's there's more. There is definitely more, but but. 
We're going to take a little bit of a break and watch something. I mean, you don't have to. This isn't next week. Mm-hmm. But, but highly recommended. And the whole fourth season, I mean, my goodness, it, it would serve you to just watch them in order from here. You'd be fine if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have one more that I'm going to push us forward into the fifth season and show you. Because okay. I get to. <laughs> You had that one last one that's unconnected, or at least disconnected enough. It's a dessert. Oh yes, yes, my dessert episode, my our our deep space nine. This is an episode I have been looking. I have been looking forward to this for so long. Should we get to it? Yeah. Do you have any more recommended? Just watch all of them in order. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this, at, at this point, it's that. And here's what I'm going to do. Next week, I'm going to mention three or four of my favorites, ones that aren't necessarily Dominion War related mm-hmm. so that you can go and watch them and enjoy them, you know, going forward here. But at this point, the recommendations, it's very hard because... You got to watch it. It's, it's yeah. We are now into a serialized story. So, brothers are jerks? Um... Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, Rom just runs off with Quark's pistol. He's oh, there. He's like, I'm going to defend myself. And Odo's like, sure you are. With what? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fourth season, Rom has also made a change. And he is, his character will become more interesting, more in-depth. Uh, I know that you've seen kind of a, 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 a kind of a dumb, goofy caricature. For yes, him. He, he hasn't been. done a lot mm-hmm. up to this point, but his character will begin to show massive changes. And boy, he, he he goes through some stuff. He ends up working for O'Brien for a while and becomes very skilled at being an engineer. Interesting. And then uh, gets involved in Ferengi Ferenginar politics too. So, huh. all right. well, all right. Uh, this seems to be what DS Nine does. They flat like they take these flat things and then they're like, all right, boom, depth. Right, like I like that. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a, it just adds to the flavor when you, when they give these characters time to develop. Look at what we ended up with. You watch that first season. Any, if that first season comes out on TV today, that show's canceled. That show's not gonna last. It just, which is why I've always said Star Trek fans are amazing, and introducing stuff is really difficult. You kind of do have to get through the cardboard stuff. And if somebody's not willing to do that, then all they ever see of Star Trek is caricatures and old, irrelevant mm-hmm. kind of things. I'm, I'm a testament to that. But once you get past that, it does. It does. Exactly as you've been saying. It's really good. Let's talk next week. Let us talk next week. I don't know why I needed to repeat you, just slower and more sing-songy. I'm so excited about this. I have been looking forward to talking to to this conversation with you mm-hmm. since you and I recorded our episode seven of Beginning the Track. Wow. Which was actually, if you remember, we were off by one. It was our your sixth episode. Do you remember what your sixth episode of Star Trek is that you watched? It was from the original series. Mm, the Naked Time? It was the Trouble with Tribbles. <laughs> Do we get Tribbles on DS9? Yes. Awesome. We're going to have some Tribbles. So um, that's the first part of spoiling this is I went back and I listened to our seventh episode again because it's very important to this story. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to ask you is, are you familiar with the movie Forrest Gump? Yes. 
course. It's a great movie. So you remember Tom Hanks got to interact with all these famous people from history. He was Mm -hmm. standing there next to Nixon and standing there next to, I think, Kennedy. And he got to be in, you know, some of the the end of the war shots. And Mm -hmm. they integrated him in. This was when that technology of being able to integrate a person into existing footage Mm -hmm. was brand new. That was Forrest Gump. And they made a movie about it. The producers of Star Trek decided they wanted to use that technology and create an episode of Star Trek where we go back in time into an episode of Star Trek. Your next episode is called Trials and Tribulations. Okay. Trials and Tribulations. It is the sixth episode of the fifth season. There's no Dominion spoilers. If you want to go back and watch The Trouble with Tribbles, you can. Why wouldn't you? But you'll see a good deal of it anyway. Okay. So you've given away, like, all of this story. Oh, yeah. This one, this one is a pops and popcorn. I told you, this is dessert. (laughs) Okay. This is dessert. You don't question what's in the dessert. You just enjoy the dessert. I am fascinated by this because obviously Cisco's going to go and like be integrated into Captain Kirkiness and that's going to be fascinating. Okay. I have no idea what they're going to do with the plot there. I may have given you too much, but like I said, I have been waiting to talk about this episode very specifically since one moment of our seventh episode. Okay. So, which I will replay next week. Will I know what it is? By the time I've seen this episode, will I know what I was... Okay. 100%. 100%. (laughs) As soon as you see this happening, you're going to be like, oh my God, there it is. Okay. I will tell you that when we did the Trouble with Tribbles, there were probably three or four times where I said something along the lines of, there's more to this story. Ooh, maybe it'll have to do with then with like the Klingons back then or something. Is this when they they taught to the validate the the face change and everything like that? Um, we talk about that. This 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 is a whole lot of my promises fulfilled all at once. I promised you we'd go back to the original series. I promised you the original series Enterprise again. Mm-hmm. I promised you another Mister Spock. Oh. Meet the new Spock. Same as the old Spock. He's pretty much the same guy that he was back then because that's the footage. Sure. Uh, but you'll get to see him again. I promised you that there would be an explanation as to why the Klingons changed and that it would be very funny. And we're going to get that. I promised you a lot of stuff. Okay. And this is the fulfillment of all of that. Well, all right. I can't wait to get to that. I will be watching it this coming Sunday, which is June 3rd. And I'll be tweeting it out at Begin the Trek at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, so I'm super excited because Andy's way excited. Yeah, cool. this is a fun one. This is a fun one. Pop some popcorn. Have a ball. Have a ball. Don't even worry about trying to predict any more than that. And uh, trials and tribulations. Cool. Then we'll talk about it next week. All right. Perfect. See you then. Bye. I have one last thing. Worf pronounces it Kalis. I know. I know. There was some pronunciation stuff going on. Um, and and it was Kalis for a long time. But it is according to what I have been taught by actual Klingon files, Klingophiles, Klingophiles, I don't know, <laughs> that it's actually pronounced Kalish. 
and I don't know. You're sticking with that. I'm sticking with... I kind of just want to be contrary and be like, nah, it's Kalish, just because I don't know anything either. <laughs> I'm sticking with Kalish, but I'm only sticking with it because it's like in my head now and I don't want to try and figure out how to pry it out. Fair enough. 